Yes, I did it again. What I did, I reopened the Green Belt Certification Program for EUMDR. So, if you want to register, go to school.easymedicaldevice.com. School.easymedicaldevice.com. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today, we will help you to understand how much does it cost for you to be uh, EUMDR certified. Uh, this is something that is really important because there is a lot of companies that are trying now to be EUMDR certified. And some of them are not really understanding sometimes that uh, it can cost a lot of money, cost some time, cost investment. So uh, I have with me uh, Catherine Higginson from Climedo, who is the marketing manager at Climedo. And they had run a survey and Catherine will talk about this survey and the result for this survey. So Catherine, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Thanks, Mene. Hi, good to see you. Hi. So uh, thank you for coming, Catherine, and uh, thanks for all the, the, the work you have done to collect all those information. Uh, so if you can first introduce yourself and then we can go through the questions, I mean, through the, the elements that uh, we'll talk about this survey. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, yes, yeah, so my name is Catherine Higginson. I'm the marketing manager for Climedo Health. Um, we're a software company based in Munich and uh, we have a cloud-based um, software for uh, clinical data capture. And uh, yeah, so within Climedo, I mean, I'm fairly new to the whole um, healthcare industry. I've been working there for about a year, but I do a lot of um, studies and content around MDR to help educate people. So obviously being in the startup world, it's been a nice and steep learning curve as well. No, it's great. So um, as I said, uh, you have, I mean, Climedo has uh, issued a survey uh, where they were asking a lot of interesting questions. Um, so what was the purpose for you to, to create first this survey? Mm -hmm. Well, it's actually the second survey that we've carried out this year. Uh, the first one was about EUMDR implementation or companies' readiness just to see how, how far along they'd come. Um, also need to mention that was before the MDR was postponed. So the first one we carried out around March um, and that survey also showed that a company, a lot of companies were far from ready for the new regulation. And then of course it was postponed and I think everyone kind of heaved a sigh of relief. Um, and this time we wanted to focus on how much it's actually costing companies um, in terms of time, money and personnel resources. No, I think it's, it's good. Uh, so I read the survey and uh, I picked some of the questions, if I can say that, were on the survey, uh, just to ask you and so maybe to ask you also some precision or some more information about, about the, the, the answer that you received. And maybe your opinion also, what does it mean for, for you and what it, what it can mean maybe for some of the companies? So uh, first, uh, there was some question about the hours that you are, a company is taking uh, is, is investing, if I can say, per, per week um, on the EUMDR. So uh, what was the result and what does it mean for a company? So? Mm -hmm. so actually half of the company said that they're investing more than five hours per week um, just in managing the MDR. So that could be anything from communicating with stakeholders, with their notified bodies, uh, managing their data, of course, which we'll, we'll come to later on, um, maybe even hiring and training staff uh, to comply, to help them comply with the regulation. 
So if you consider that people have a 35 or 40 hour work week, that's, that's a significant amount. That's more than half a day uh, for a lot of people. And yeah. Um, yeah, around a third said between one and five hours. Okay, so uh, when we say five hours, so five hours per week, so it's mainly, for example, one hour per day to, to work on that. Um, so do you know, I mean, this is five hours, but is it like five hours during one week or five hours during one month or three months? So do you have some idea about this type of things? Well, yeah, it, it was specifically per week um, we asked, asked this about. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't say whether they invest... Um, you know, 20 hours in one week for a whole month and then nothing the next month or nothing the next week. Um, but I'm guessing it's, a, it's an ongoing thing that you need to deal with. So it's probably fairly regular in, with the five hours per week. No, I think it's, it's yeah. good because um, I, I'm, I, as, as, as we are working a lot on the UMDR actually, uh, yeah, it's, it's a process that can be also long. So instead of investing all your hours at the beginning and nothing after, it's maybe better to spread that all along the project. So have somebody that is really there. There is also at the beginning of your project, like a learning curve. So it's not like you will spend, you'll maybe spend more time at the beginning, less in the middle and more at the end, etc. So it's not like uh, something also that is really um, straightforward, like a, like a line. Mm -hmm. Um, so here we are talking about hours, but you also ask a question about the resources. So um, mainly there is a new regulation, so the UMDR. We are talking about also, also IVDR, but here we are, we are really talking about UMDR. Uh, so there is new regulation, so it means also new skills, new learning, new information. So are those companies more um, investing on their own resources or are they hiring new resources to help them uh, for, this, uh, for this new program? Mm. Well, actually, yeah, the majority said they would be hiring at least one person um, to help them cope with it. Actually, two thirds said at least one. And for larger companies, the number was much higher. Some said even above five employees, which obviously makes sense if it's a larger company with more products or more product categories, they, they will need more people to help them Um, manage that. And at the same time, we found out in our last survey that simply hiring people or finding people with that skill set to help them deal with the MDR is also challenging. There aren't that many people around um, who are qualified uh, to fulfill that role. So that, and that's also costing them a lot of time and money, obviously, for things like training, um, onboarding. Yeah. Yeah. And, so uh, I, th I think, yeah, getting people, uh, training them is costing also a lot of money. Uh, training them is one thing, putting them in front of a dossier and asking them to do the home, their homework is more difficult because they have no experience on that. So it's something that is, uh, is, can be really, really challenging. Um, so uh, as you've said, I mean, we talked about that a um, few months ago. I mean, we had uh, an episode with um, with a hiring company. We are talking about specifically, um, is it easy or not to find some people for the EUMDR? Uh, and the answer was, as you mentioned, no, it's not easy because uh, there are a lot of skills that were not available. Uh, the answer was also, I he we heard also that some people are even moving from medical devices to other fields because it was a bit too much uh, for them. Okay. So yeah, I can understand that uh, this will be really challenging on the resources so that they can meet uh, the, the deadline and the timeline, uh, timeline for that. Um, mm. As they are working on EUMDR, um, you also were specifically asking about which part of EUMDR was really where they are really investing a lot of time. So 
This is, I think, something important maybe for, for the audience to understand what is really maybe the most challenging one for the people that answer the survey. So what, what was it exactly? Yeah, so uh, the number one answer for that was simply understanding the new requirements. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you've read the document yourself, Munir, but obviously 175 um, pages with a lot of complicated references within and then all the, the annexes and everything. I'm sure it's not easy to understand um, for a lot of companies, which is why they need to hire people or some of them are also um, dealing with external consultancies um, to, to support them. In uh, second place was clinical evaluation and clinical studies. So getting them um, up to speed and, and managing all the data and things, topics like uh, equivalence. Um, and in third place was PMS and PMCF um, activities. So as we know, the NDR actually places a lot more emphasis on the post-market phase um, of devices or rather the entire product lifecycle um, as opposed to the MDD. So that's why people need to be collecting a lot more data once the device is on the market and to see if it's actually performing uh, and if it's still safe. No, I think it's correct. And, and to be honest, it's, I think it's, it's a good reflection of the change uh, on EUMDR uh, because, yeah, the um, understanding is uh, one of the first things. I mean, it's what we are always saying. You, you can read the EUMDR 10 times. At the 11th time, you will learn something new each time, each time, each time, because you are processing, if I can say, and there is a lot of things that are, are um, misunderstood from the beginning. The other thing is the fact that there is also new guidances that are coming each time, so to try to help us to understand the UMDR. And um, yeah, um, so the understanding is changing also all along the, the journey, if I can say. Uh, for clinical and PMCF, um, I think it's a good also thing. I mean, when I'm asking people what they want to hear about uh, on the podcast or on any video I'm making or any 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 blog I'm making, uh, it's more clinical, post-marketing surveillance, PMCF. Those are really the, th the the top three that are that are coming because. Um, yeah, now with the UMDR, you need to have more clinical data than before. Uh, so this is something that uh, uh, all the manufacturers try to really anticipate and to have those data. And this is, mm -hmm. uh, is helping uh, helping uh, a lot. Um, yeah. So the, the, the survey was also um, focusing on costs. So in terms of mm -hmm. how much does it cost? So the, this episode is really in terms of that, but we saw that it's costing in terms of um, hours in terms of people, um, in terms of money then, what was their answer in terms of how much does, does this cost? Mm -hmm. So we asked this um, in a percentage of their annual revenue. Um, so we said, you know, how much do you think it'll cost your company? And here almost half said that they think it'll cost 5% of their company's annual revenue which is a lot, so more than, yeah, more than 5%. Um, and we actually asked the same question um, in our first survey this year. That was one of the few questions that overlapped. And back then, only 32%, I think, said that it would cost more than 5%. So it seems to have become more expensive, or at least people perceive it that way. Um, and when we had uh, a webinar last month, actually, we also asked the question, and we gave people a wider range of options. So we also... Um, gave them the option of between 6 and 10% or above 10% just to see how much above these 5% we would actually be because we had no idea um, how, what, what, the, what the sort of difference was. And I think around 40% said they believe it will be between 6 and 10%, so also a significant amount. And around a tenth said more than 10%. So for some people, yeah, this seems to be extremely expensive all in all. 
So if we make it in perspective, for example, if you have a revenue of 100,000 euro, it will be between 5,000 to 10,000 euro uh, to mm -hmm. invest on, on that. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, for some mm -hmm. companies, this is really a huge budget. Uh, so this is something that, uh, that they will really need to, uh, to anticipate. Um, so, I mean, do... Is, I mean, yes, for us, it's too much, but I suppose that even if it costs this amount, um, it, there is still some some good uh, good to have. I mean, you should go through that. So it's not like you have a lot of choices if you want to continue to sell to Europe. So I suppose yeah. they the only companies that have big businesses or some businesses or majority of their business in Europe um, are really have no choice and have to do that. All the others can maybe stop to go to Europe. Well, yeah, I guess I think in, with the FDA, they'll, they'll be save, uh, facing similar challenges. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of hard to, to circumvent the, the MDR entirely. Um, there's also some talk that the market's going to become more consolidated. So larger companies might be buying up smaller companies. Um, something we also heard in the, the feedback in the survey was that particularly for small and medium sized companies, the MDR is, is very challenging. Some said it's, it's hardly manageable for us. Like We don't know what to do. We've been in the market for 15 years and now we just can't cope with these challenges. We can't afford um, to generate all this data. Um, so yeah, it was, it was quite sad in some ways as well for them, but yeah, the market is definitely changing. No, I think it's, it's, it's great uh, because, um, I mean, we should shake a bit the tree to see what is falling from it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, at the end, um, I, I'm, I was saying that since, uh, since a long time. So um, the new regulations are really uh, something that can kill small businesses if they mm -hmm. are not really anticipating, if they are, don't have the, the budget or other things. So, uh, and helping also, uh, helping more uh, big companies, uh, which is something that is unfair, but at the end, um, what is normally looked at is really the, the safety of the patients and all the all those things. So it's something that is, is important. But um, yeah, I, I suppose that um, small companies should try to find a way to um, get out of this. Uh, but yeah, I can understand it's mm. difficult and that, uh, that uh, there can be some, some of them that will stop business just because of, uh, of this cost and all the requirements for this regulation. Because you've said it, 175 pages. I want to remind people um, the MDD plus the AIMDD, so active implantable medical devices, is 80 pages. So it's like more than the double of those two regulations. And here we have the EUMDR. So we can understand that there is more requirements. So it's why you need more people to help you, more resource, more, uh, more everything. So to be, uh, to be able to, to place your, your device on, on the market. Um, so in terms of your company, so Climedo, uh, there was a lot of questions also related to clinical, PMCF, et cetera. So, um, let's maybe talk first about what your company is doing and then look at the survey. What was the outcome of the survey that will help you or you are maybe surprised or, or, or whatever. So what, so what Climedo is doing exactly? Mm -hmm. So we have um, an EDC platform, which stands for electronic data capture, meaning that um, medical device manufacturers or even pharma companies and CROs, um, some academic or hospitals as well and academia, they can um, gather data about a medical innovation, like be it a medical device or a new pharmaceutical product. Um, at the moment, we're very much focused and we're getting most requests from MedTech, um, obviously because of this, this whole MDR that's coming. 
Um, we found that a lot of these people are still working with uh, paper and Excel sheets. Uh, yeah. So they're actually quite grateful to be able to move it all into the cloud and give different people access no matter where they're based um, so that you just have everything within one holistic solution. And in terms of PMS and PMCF, as we were talking about it, one thing you can also do is uh, product surveys. So you can send out a link uh, via SMS or email or even through a printed QR code. Um, you can send that to your device users and ask them to give feedback on it, um, which they can just do at their own convenience using their smartphone. So they don't need to fill in a paper form and send it off or scan it where it could get lost or maybe the handwriting is hard to read. So we save people a lot of the time. Uh, at least that's our goal um, in that sense. No, I think it's it's great. So yeah, I see more and more those type of software that are, are popping up now uh, about mm -hmm. collecting uh, those data through um, through uh, data capture. So uh, through uh, an application, mobile application or, or a computer application. Um, I think this is really helping uh, a lot to collect the data. Uh, to analyze them more easily. As you said, if it's a scanner, you have them to transcribe all what is marked on the papers on the, maybe a software in Excel or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. which is also taking some time. So here, uh, saving this type of time is really is really helpful. So um, now on the survey, so there was also a lot of question related to maybe your type of, of device. So what was the outcome of the survey for you, maybe something surprising or maybe something that um, you were already expecting because you knew that it will happen? Hmm. Well, um, a few things we, we already learned in our last survey that um, a lot of the companies weren't fully digital yet, that, yeah. that the, the, the industry in general is a little bit behind when it comes to digitalization. So, um, but we were surprised to once again see that 70% are still working with Excel sheets, for example, and around 50% are working with paper. A lot of them are working with a combination. Um, and yeah, the, the thing is a lot of them say, well, it's too expensive or it's too time consuming to switch to an EDC solution, for okay. example. But actually in the long run, we would be saving them time and money uh, once everything is set up. Of course, it requires a certain initial investment, but it's already worthwhile starting with the first study. Um, and regardless of, of the company side or the uh, the, the survey size as well, the study size. So, so many, many we were saying also that uh, on a lot of episodes on digitalization, if I can say, uh, mm. if I remember, we had one episode with my, Michael Kanya about that. Um, so more and more companies also are continuing to use paper for their quality management system. So their procedures, their documentation and everything, which is also kind of a nightmare when you have mm -hmm. to find the paper and to find who authorized that, et cetera. If it's not yeah. scanned, then you have to try to go to archive and to <laughs> lay yeah. it in the night, in the dark to make with us. Yeah. <laughs> not good for unannounced audits either. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this was the, this was the point to, to say during an unannounced audit, you have no time to prepare anything. And then when they ask you a document, you have to have it nearly immediately and yeah. having to go to an archive room to find a lot of boxes and to, to look at each paper one by one to find the right one if you don't have yeah. the right system is, is, is a nightmare and i think it's the same for your type of software with that i suppose you can get the data quickly so it's not like you are waiting or you you have to mm -hmm. request that so it's immediate and you have that uh, available for you exactly yeah. it's, it's all there in real time so as soon as someone submits the survey you'll see the results um in your in your dashboard and you can take action so can you um, can you, so you will still need CROs for that, or you can do that by yourself? You can also do it by yourself. We do work with um, CROs as well. 
but um, it's, it's totally up to the company depending on how, how complex their study is and how large, I guess. But we also work with people with, with med medical device manufacturers directly um, without CROs, but both, both is uh, possible. Okay. Um, do you see more activity for you or for maybe uh, this due to the COVID um, pandemic, due to the fact that I think I think with the COVID, I mean, the outcome for me for the COVID is the fact that I think a lot of people will now really embrace technology. Uh, we were a lot of time on Zoom or on other yeah. uh, other systems trying to connect our microphone or our webcam or our <laughs> things or I mean, it was really like something that uh, was struggling. Now we will be expert on that, I suppose, because <laughs> we, we yeah. need that to move forward. So do you see on your business so uh, more attractivity to this type of solution due to this COVID-19? Because then there will be no inter interaction with the professionals to maybe some uh, some visitors that are coming to collect data and et cetera. Mm -hmm. I think people are definitely becoming more open towards it and realizing, okay, this is this is the only way forward. Um, funnily enough, after the MDR was postponed, though, a lot of companies' reactions was, well, we have another year now, so we don't need to bother with that yet. Please come back in six months. Um, but actually now in the last few months, there's been a lot of demand and people are definitely clocking on to the fact that this is pretty much the only way forward if you want to keep your devices um, on the market. And um, interesting that you mentioned COVID as well, because we also got um, a project with the German government now uh, for tracking Uh, COVID symptoms in the home so people receive an e-diary and uh, can, can type in if, if they've been affected or if there's a, um, you know, if it's assumed that they might have uh, contracted it and they're in quarantine, they can also um, type in their, their kind of symptoms for 14 days and the local health authorities can track this and then monitor and see if there's any severe cases that they need to react to. And previously, all of this was happening on paper as well. So they're also very grateful to, to have a digital solution where a lot of the processes are now automated. No, I think it, I think it's great because, yeah, more we are tracking this type of things, uh, more we know what is the situation in a country. And we know also where to invest, if I can say, some efforts to try to reduce a virus or to really put some 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 practical effort on the virus instead of maybe focusing on a, a region that has no case or less cases. So to really focus on a region that has a lot of cases and can really spread that. So, yeah, I think it's a good initiative. I, I hope <laughs> other countries will do that and we yeah. also go through this type of Of, of solutions uh, so that they can really uh, track uh, track this information. So yeah, no, I think it, it's good. Then it's, you are kind of uh, diversifying your portfolio with this type of yes, which is, uh, lucky. Which is yeah, yeah, right time, right right place as well. And it's, it's good because we're actually really seeing that the difference that we're making, and people are grateful. So no, it's great. Nice to okay, see. Okay, so um, was there any other messages from your survey, or <laughs> everything was said? Um. I guess one more thing, which is quite interesting, is on the in terms of PMCF processes, we wanted to know, I think this was our last question, um, how much of their processes companies had already um, automated in terms of PMCF. And here, more than half said they hadn't automated anything yet. Um, and only around 10%, or no, actually only 5% said that they had automated one-tenth of their processes. Um, and obviously, with PMCF becoming such an important part, um, Of the whole process with the MDR, um, we think that the only way forward there is to really try and automate these processes. So, for example, you can send out scheduled reminders if someone hasn't given feedback on a medical device on time, um, that kind of thing. So that, that saves you 
a lot of time, definitely. Yeah, I think it saves you a lot of emails that you have to remember to send or a lot of yeah. messages or calls. Or letters yeah. in the worst case, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, I think it's, a, it's a good solution to have some automated uh, solution for also companies that uh, they, they are setting up that once and then they don't have to think of it anymore because everything is, uh, is automatic. So it's, uh, it's re uh, really great. Um, okay, so... Um, we talked about the survey, so can we give access of this survey to the people uh, on the audience? Mm -hmm, definitely, yes. We can post the link in the show notes uh, where okay. people can download it. Great. So I would put that put that on the show notes, so people just go to the show notes and, and look at uh, at this survey. Um, we didn't go, we didn't went through all the questions. So um, yeah, you can go and discover new questions and new answers and and see if this is something that can also help you for your business mm -hmm. and also understand. Um, UMDR more. Um, I mean, I have made a lot of podcasts about UMDR, but maybe there is still things that people uh, don't don't understand of it. So I hope this will help you also uh, to understand the, the cost of it. Um, okay, last thing. So where people can follow up with you or if they need to know more about Climedo, where they can go? Sure, yeah, they can visit our website. So just climedo.com or they can find us on LinkedIn or reach out to me personally. I'm happy to post those links uh, in the show notes as well, Manir, if you like. Good. So mm -hmm. I will put that on the show notes. I will put also your LinkedIn profile on the show notes so that people can just uh, uh, come mm -hmm. and, and say hello to you. And then we can we can check yeah if uh, if this is really something that uh, that can help uh, all the audience about if they are planning a, a survey. Uh, we are talking about PMCF, but also do you do also so clinical investigation PMCF uh, mm -hmm. is the both things uh, both thing included. Yes. Also clinical studies in general, clinical trials. Yeah. Great. Okay, so thank you then, Catherine, for that. I think it was really helpful. I hope really that uh, people will uh, will contact you and will go to digitalization instead of paper or Excel, <laughs> because I think yeah, this is something that uh, people should move forward and should not uh, should not uh, look back. Because yeah, I think this is all solutions that we are using since a long time, and we have to to change and to uh, to move uh, to move there. Okay, so um, thanks for the people that are listening uh, to this episode. Uh, don't forget to go to the show notes. Don't forget also to provide your comments. Uh, if you have any comments, I will forward that also to Catherine if there is any questions. Uh, and uh, don't forget to put a like if you like it. And also if you have any, if you are listening to that uh, on uh, on your car or on <laughs> while you are doing your workouts, uh, don't forget also to go to uh, or Apple uh, Podcast or Google Podcast or Spotify just to put a comment and to put a like also. So that would be really helping me. Okay, so Catherine, really thank you for coming. Thank you for all the information that you are providing. And uh, I wish you a nice day. Thanks, Manian. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much. 